0: Inspiration, inspiration now in, inspiration. in session. Inspire guys, cool. inspire guys, inspire guys. You are going to yeah, Stop saying oh, what you want to do. So you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. Stop saying what you going to do. You do what you said. When you open that Bible, you knew what you read. You Yo, what's up, guys, people? I am your host, Jay Will. This is Inspire, guys, people, the podcast where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose and we enjoy doing it. Today is no different. This is episode 171. Yes, you heard that right. If you're a new listener, this is. 171 plus episodes. Really, we had about 186. I think it is. Yo, we got so many. Shut. Show- oh, they cut the track. See, I was about to go in, guys, people. I hope y'all been all right. Um, like usual, we have this is this is one of them ones, right? Y'all know how it is. Every now and then, like every week. No, I'm joking. I'm being silly. But this is one of them ones. One of the shows where. I feel like there are some things that's going to be said today that can literally change your life, give you a new perspective. We're talking about legacy. That's right. This is a very important episode as we talk about legacy. Now let me set a couple of ground rules for y'all people out there. This show also aired on YouTube. This was a live stream. So if you also want to see the video, which most people, people watch it on Facebook. So when you watch it on YouTube and you like the sixth person that saw it, just know a few, few hundred, I think a hundred or something, whatever. We got a few hundred views typically, um, on Facebook. That's where the comments. So when I get to seeing people name and talking and you listen, like, what is he talking about? It's because it was a live stream. Those people caught it live. We did a late night stream and we had some back and forth. So sometimes I talk to the audience. If you want to check it out live, you can subscribe on YouTube because we do have a live stream on YouTube as well, even though, you know, nobody watches the live stream on YouTube. Come on, people. But we do have our short clips, our daily inspiration pieces that are getting some love on YouTube. So thank y'all for checking those out. Keep doing so. And uh, we welcome any new listeners. You are going to enjoy yourself today. I promise you, if you don't, I mean, you know what I'm saying? What'd you like? Well, what you gonna do? You gonna beat me up? You don't know where I'm at. Hopefully. Hopefully, y'all. Yeah, you don't know where I'm at. I don't tell y'all none of my business. Alright, a couple things before we jump into today's show. I'm gonna keep this intro short because I believe it's like an hour and 20 minutes of a live stream that I really believe can really, really impact your life. Thank you to the faithful listeners. Y'all don't know how much I appreciate and how grateful I am for the Inspire Guys People family. As I venture off and... You know, you do new things like video, a couple new people come along and join the family. I welcome new people as well. But y'all know who y'all are. Those ones that's been rocking, that's been emailing. I don't want to say names, number one, because I don't know if you want your name being said in the public, but also just because, you know, you name some people, you forget others. But I mean, people who donate, um, who have consistently donated, even when we don't ask for donations, I am grateful for them grateful for your contribution. That's how we've done things in the past, like get the camera or get, you know, we put money towards things for the show or invest in, you know, whatever it is. Um, there's stuff costs a lot of money and, um, you know, by the grace of God though, you know what I mean? We, we, we able to make it happen, but we appreciate those who show love. That's the whole point of that. Not to like make more people give a donation or something, but to just thank those who, who have reached out and have shown love. Also the people who email, Uh, We've had a lot. I have a lot of dialogue and back and forth uh, feedback from the show. So thank you. I want to say this, especially to the faithful guys, inspire guys, people um, listeners right now. um, I'm in a am in an interesting season right now because I've been really busy. I've been stressed, to be honest, if I'm being real. I've been really stressed. It's just been a lot. And when I get in seasons like this, I'm not saying this to complain, by the way. I like to be honest about the journey because when you listen back to the show or I've had new people come and like be like, all right, I'm starting at episode one or they start at the beginning and I want them to have an honest understanding of the things of the process. Right. And I also like you all to know that as much as I'm telling you all that, hey, it's a part of the process and so you got to grow and keep going. I'm also in the process. There's a lot of growth. One day I'll write a book or something. There's a lot of things I don't talk about. Um, some of those being great things and good things that happens in my life, but it's not about that. I try to keep it about the principles versus like, oh, this happened or, you know, whatever. So I don't go too far in depth about a lot of things because I really want people listening to this show for the substance and not because I dangled a carrot and it's like, oh, look at this, look what I got or look what I did. Now you're going to listen to me because that's fake love to me. But these principles are life changing, but I'm just sharing, right? And also documenting for myself when we listen back to episode 171. It's been, it's been a lot of transition, man. Like this year has been a super busy year, to be honest. Like just, um, you know, moving around, business travel, um, adapting still to like the hybrid work life of, you know, post COVID and, it's just been a lot. And and also, y'all, like, for those who've been listening to this show, I mean, we've been doing this show. The show would be four years old, uh, October 10th, and I think I've had, you know, three job promotions since we've been doing this show. And some of them, a couple of lateral move, either way it go, I've gone on to do new things in the corporate world. I've gone from local to regional to national to one side of the organization to the other, and, you know, I have a big job, so that comes with a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. Um, and I, I enjoy what I do. Um, but I also, when you, how can I say this? I'm trying to be, (laughs) I'm trying to be crafty with how I talk because number one, we talking about business, right? And so you got to be careful. Um, this is public. These are the public airwaves. Um, so I'll say it this way. I'm the type of person when I, when I come into a new job, I also look for what what contribution can I make to this role? So every job that I've had, I've been a high performer, and I also feel that I've left. Oh, we talking about legacy? This works. I I didn't know I was going to talk like this, but I, I I've left somewhat of a legacy, if you will. That may be a strong word for work, you know, um, but I have. I've I've left, a, made an impact in every role that I've had, and I found a way a to stand out and to be a high performer and excel, but also put the people who follow me in a very strong position. That's something I take pride in. And in the job that I'm in now, I'm working in a new area of the organization, same organization, but new um, area or department or whatever. It's not called a department, a channel of business is what it is. Um, And it's, you know how you come in and like things are done in a way where, I feel like things could be more efficient. And the one thing I'll say about the organization where I work is that there can be a culture of like because they're super there. It's a it's a culture of high performers, very smart people. People went to big schools, got big degrees, all those type of things. Very competitive. Um, you know, most of these people say that they're type a um, personality, meaning. And my point is that doesn't mean it's efficient, though. And see, I, I can be, a, I'm a, I am a unique leader. I'm a unique person. I bring something, a unique perspective to things. And sometimes that goes against what people are used to or want to happen. And so right now, I'm just in a position where I'm sorting things out, um building some strategy to execute, but doing it in a way to me that is a little more efficient. But when you're at the organization, there's a certain culture of like, I think some people, how, this is, this is what I could say. Some people feel productive when they're overworked. So they feel productive when they have way too many things to do. And we call it multitasking. Well, I'm the type of person that likes to be very present in what I'm doing. So multitasking to me, you know, it's not really a great thing. I don't like multitasking if I'm being honest, because my whole thing is, Well, if I'm present in doing what I'm doing and I'm focused on it, then anything that distracts me from doing that task in that moment, like it's, it's not multitasking. It's a distraction and it makes me less efficient. So I'm still filtering through in my new role and having such a big, you know, big responsibility, um, in, in the account that I manage, like being able to sort through those things. Like what, what can I change? Where can I get people to bend? And where do I just have to accept as like, as long as you're in this role, this is going to be the culture. There's going to be a culture of, you know, having absolutely way too much to do in a very irrational way. Now, here's the thing that I will say in a very short amount of time. I've already identified where I'm going to make impact and I've already started to do that. My focus is execution because I think execution is where the the team hasn't maybe focused as strong before. And so I've looked at that opportunity. Whenever I go into a new job, I look at where the opportunities are and then I focus there to strengthen that, but also understand I have weaknesses. I'm not strong in every area in the world, right? So I'm looking at where can I make the impact and also bring the company dollars, Where is going to have the greatest revenue impact. And I believe that that happens through execution. And that's an area that I think they uh, maybe have overlooked. And so that's what I'm focusing on. But with all of that being said, I am busy. And I mean busy and it's crazy and I'm not complaining. Do not take this as complaining, please. But I'm sharing this with you so that you understand when we are in this show and we're talking about the process and we're talking about growing. And when you get to another level and it is not just going to be easy. You know, I share these things because as I'm talking about them, I am telling you the things that I've talked about and inspire God's people. I've lived them, I'm living them, and I see the fruit of my labor. And I know that even everything that I'm enduring right now in this season of, like, feeling just a little a little overexerted and, and things like that, I know that it's just a season. Number one, I know that because I'm not a settler. I'm not complaining. I am a resolutions-oriented person. So if I got to a particular point, like, there will be a resolution. Regardless of what that is, there is a resolution. Where there's a will, there's a way. So I'm not complaining, but I'm sharing that with you so that you understand, like, hey, I still have to figure out how do I produce the podcast and I just started doing video and all these responsibilities. How do I, you know, make sure that I'm not um, misstepping in my household? My wife has everything she needs. Obviously, she's a great support to me um during this time. So shout out to Tiff. I appreciate you. Uh Super grateful for her in my life. So other than that, and I love my family. Like, my family is dope. You know, my family is like, I get around them and I enjoy myself. So. With that said, I think I'm traveling next week. I don't even know where I'm at next week. I'm somewhere next week. So um, I don't know what way, or, which day a podcast will come out I could talk. But I think I've talked long enough. We were at like a 12-minute introduction, so that's not great, especially when I got an hour of life-changing content forthcoming. Jermaine, be quiet. So that Jermaine from the live stream the other night. Last night? Yeah, last night. Live stream. That was you, Jermaine. Let that Jermaine talk and this Jermaine be quiet. I love y'all so much. Hit me up, JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com if you have questions, thoughts, concerns, topics, guests you want to see. Please subscribe on YouTube. Just look at the description. The link is in the description of this show. Regardless of where you're looking, look in the description. You're going to see our YouTube link. Subscribe. We up to 181, baby. 181 subscribers. Yay. I take it all, man. I love y'all. Let's get into it. What is your what is, legacy? legacy? Yo yo yo, what's up people? I'm your host Jay Will. This is Inspire Guys People where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. And tonight I'm going to be asking a simple question and we're going to jump into it like, you know, we're going to un- unpack this thing like crazy. Simply, what is your legacy? A lot of people we you know, we think about what our purpose is or what our quote unquote why is. You know what I'm saying? You hear that a lot, uh, which is dope. That's all dope stuff. But what is your legacy is a lot different than what your purpose or your why is. You know what I'm saying? I'll give you an example. This is before we even jump into the content, I'm already um jumping in. But like when I think about like what my why is, as an example, I could tell you that like my wife is my why. She's one of the reasons why. I do what I do. Now, your why is something that motivates you. It inspires you. It encourages you. Sometimes you got to think about your why. You know what I'm saying? As you're like going through the rough days and you doubting and things like that. But your why is not your legacy. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when we're going to talk about what a legacy is, but when I think about a legacy off top, I think about something being left behind. I ain't trying to leave my wife behind for nobody. You get what I'm saying? So your what, your why. Whether and your your legacy is is a lot different, you know what drives you versus what you're actually leaving people behind, so we're going to talk a lot about legacy tonight and before I jump into that, you know I really want to talk to y'all about you know knowing your value now there's something like let me, let me say this man i've been first of all it's been stressed man i've been i've been stressed i've been super busy at work. It's just been crazy. And as you're thinking about your purpose and, you know, for me, inspiring guys, people, this is important to me from the videos to the music, to the audio podcast, like it's all important, but the reality is life comes up and you have to navigate these ins and outs. And that, you know, is a lot of times we don't want to talk about or deal with the fact that like, you know, every day in life ain't just the easiest day ever, but you still have to find a way to navigate it. Now, one of the things I think is important as we talk about all this is knowing your value. This is something I've been kicking it with people about just on a personal level a lot lately. It's like knowing your value. Now, I made a post recently that says something like. What did it say? It was something along the line of like, you know, when you don't know Once somebody realizes that you don't know your value, they take that almost as like. Pres- I can talk permission. You know, I got my little cup. I can talk. Feel me? I can't talk people since so inspire guys, people cut. But once somebody knows that you don't know your value, then they look at it as permission for them basically to not treat you like you have any value either. And I've seen this at different points in my life, even for myself personally, if at different times when if I was struggling with like knowing my value or my worth in a particular situation, I would notice like, yo, the reality is people treat you how you present yourself. So if you present yourself like you're not really worth anything, then a lot of times like it's like people going to look at that like why would I think you was worth anything? Now, again, let me just give you an example. If you think of something that you charge your money for, like so for me, I make it personal. As an example, I've um I've I've gone around to different places speaking, right? So I've uh spoken at schools, churches, all types of different places. A lot of them are churches or ministry related events, uh, things like that. I've gone and I've spoken to different people. And here's what I've realized that there were times, especially, you know, when you first start talking and you got to take this before I say this, you got to take this, you got to take both sides of this because the idea of what I'm about to say isn't for you to overvalue yourself either. The Bible says, don't think too highly of yourself. And I do think some people they overvalue themselves when they have they have no credentials or experience. So I'm not telling you to go and overcharge people. I'm really telling you to know your actual value and really be able to capitalize and leverage that as you go along the way and not allow people to manipulate or overlook you when you do have value. So as an example uh, for me when I've gone out and spoken or you know even performed music now, again, and this ain't no shade because I've done a whole bunch of stuff. You got to be careful when you are here doing videos and stuff and people watching. People tend to take things personally. This is an example off the top of my head, not talking about nobody in particular. If you ever booked me, I've been a whole whole bunch of places. So but here's the reality. You know, what I'm saying the shoe might fit. Here's the thing. There are times when I was coming up along the way where people would tell you things like, oh, well, can you do it? you know, for free for this and I'll let you sell your CDs or whatever, whatever it might be. And I remember in the beginning, I was okay. That was cool. Like, okay, I'll come speak, you know, for $50. But the problem became, and I'm just being real. I remember I got, I started getting booked places to speak. And I know how certain I'm trying to be careful how I word this, but I know like, let's say in the church world, all right, I'm gonna just be real. This is the podcast. That's what we do. In the church world, you know, a lot of times people value, and this is not a shot at the church. I'm just, I'm really just talking on what I know. But a lot of times people value like the main service versus a youth service. So as an example, somebody might book a speech, speaker, especially if somebody's a bishop or something, like they can book them and, and pay them. Oh, I don't want to talk dollars, but like people will get paid to speak, right? And then if it's like you are looked at or like, oh, you the youth speaker or whatever, whatever, It's like, okay, we give you $150. Now, this is what I started doing, and I don't mean no shade by this. I probably should not even be talking about this. What's up, Tanya? How you feeling? Good to see you tonight on here. I probably shouldn't even be talking about this, but there were times for me where I started sitting and listening to, like, the person that was getting paid way more. I did this with music, too. People would book people for music, and they would be getting paid all this money, and I'm looking like, ugh. He ain't talking about nothing. Like I I'll be looking trying to take notes and the notebook is empty and again, this is not the throw shade. I know it sounds like Shay. I know this sounds like shade. I apologize. But my point is on some real stuff. Like I I started having to be like, "Wait a minute. You have to know your value because that person ain't talking about nothing you ain't talking about. And I know for me, when I speak somewhere, I take it very seriously, right? So I'm trying to help you with something. I started ha- having to know my value, which allowed me to start creating certain boundaries and barriers around what I, what kind of, um, you know, what type of um engagements I would even accept what I would have to pass on because it's like, yo, I've done all the free stuff. I've been there, done that. But I also know that when I come and speak somewhere, And I'm not trying to say, you know, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anything. I put in effort though. I literally try my best. I like from putting, taking time away from maybe my family, me and my wife, not going out the night before or something like that, where I'm putting in time and effort to, to really bring value when I go speak or I talk somewhere. So for me, that is worth something. So I had to start valuing my own time, valuing my own effort and energy. And it wasn't until I started doing that where people like people see that and they like, okay, this person values themselves and they will offer you more and things like that. And I'm not saying it's not like I'm some like highly sought after or paid speaker. I'm not trying to front, but what I'm saying is that I value myself. So if you want me, I don't care if I do one event every five years, if you want me to come to an event and I'm not saying this arrogantly, I'm just saying I put so much in, it has to be worth what I bring. You feel what I'm saying? And so, Katrina, how you feeling? How you feeling? Um, so, so ultimately for me, like I had to start understanding that I have to know my value in order for other people. Um, sometimes we don't realize, but people really see how you see yourself. They see how you treat yourself. And again, a lot of times we give people permission to mistreat us because we mistreat ourselves. I heard um, Jordan Peterson uh, say something like, how did he say it? Jordan Peterson is dope to me. He said something to the extent of like, you should treat yourself like somebody you care about. And I was like, you know what? That's crazy. Like a lot of times we don't even treat ourselves like someone that we care about. And when he said that again, it is allows me to start thinking through like, all right, how do I treat myself? How do I carry myself? Again, at the end of the day though, if you are, when you do value yourself, I'm not talking about being arrogant. I'm not talking about treating people nasty because a lot of times, you know, you say this type of things and people will take your, your, your points and run with them um, on a, and try to make a whole different point. What up, Johnny? How you feeling, bro? Um, But the point I'm making is yo, when, when I know my value, and I treat myself like someone I care about. I wouldn't tell someone I care about, Hey, study for five or six hours. Um, you know, take away time for your family, your wife, whatever. Um, and then go somewhere and speak and let them give you $150. And then give some dude $1,500. Cause he's from Atlanta. And it's like, you know, and again, a lot, I'm not throwing shade at people. I'm just telling you how it goes. And a lot of times, it takes you being bold enough to see your value first, because unfortunately, I'll say this, and then we're going to jump into the topic of what is a legacy. We ain't even gotten to the topic yet, y'all. Um, A lot of times people see you like a stock. All right. So, you know, anybody who knows me knows that I love like investing. I love stocks, cryptocurrencies. Like I'm, I'm just very intrigued at the idea of investing. I'm going to tell you why I love investing so much, because I love the idea of finding something before everybody else does. Number one, I've always been like this. I just have learned how to quantify it. I love finding things that other people are overlooking and finding value in them. So even the way I interact with people, whether it's social media, whatever, I don't interact with people based on how many followers you got. So somebody can have five followers and I'll respond to a message. It doesn't matter to me because I have learned how to see value in the way that I want to see value. Versus just following what everyone else sees as valuable. Now, but you got to understand the way people see you is like a stock. And I'll give you an idea. Amazon today, everybody knows what Amazon is. Everybody understands that Amazon is one of the biggest companies in the world. Everybody knows who Jeff Bezos is or most people do. But you know about Amazon, right? If if somebody uh, came to you, if you invested in Amazon stock today, you are not discovering something before everyone else. You're jumping on a bandwagon. But what you have to understand is that there was a there was a point in time. And, you know, I think Amazon came around on the stock market, maybe 98, 99, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Don't quote me on that. But there was a point in time in, the, let's say, the early 2000s. Had you been someone who saw value in Amazon, people would have laughed at you. They would have been like, what's that? Because you got to understand how most people are. They can't see value into until value is there. Now that that you got to really hear what I'm saying. You have to see yourself different than that. You have to see yourself and see the potential in you and see the opportunity. But you have to be working towards that opportunity. Although understanding, look, the stock stock market today is up. You know why it's up? Because. The market is is up because the, the Fed only raised the interest rates, uh, what, 0.75%. Uh, so people were expecting a whole point. Some people were saying they were going to raise it a point and a half. And so, you know, the Fed got up and they spoke and they sound a little positive. And so today, today, the stock market and financial markets are up and people are feeling good. But here's the reality. Something crazy could happen in the, in the news tomorrow. Somebody could do something crazy uh, or, you know, you never know. And then guess what will happen? Something that is valued today at $150 could be valued tomorrow at $110. Now, here's why I'm, I'm using this example. And this is what I want you to think about. If I gave you an Amazon stock today and today is worth $112 and tomorrow is worth $105, how much is it worth? Now, I know that's deep. What I'm telling you is people see you like a stock if something, if things are going well today, they see you as, as positive and they see you as worth something. And if you have a bad day, people see you as worth nothing. And what you have to understand is that that's how people are. So some people, they go to your page. If you got 10,000 followers, they actually increase the way they see you in their value. If they go to your page and you got 300 followers, then they looking like, uh, maybe this person isn't worth nothing. But what if you had 300 today and 30,000 in 12 months, and then what you will notice when you get the 30,000 is you have to now figure out how am I going to navigate people treating me differently because they value me differently based on these metrics or things like that. Right. What I'm essentially talking about is that you have to learn how to create and see value in yourself, regardless of the ups and downs. And sometimes you got to treat yourself like a stock that you caught early and you got to be like, I'm Amazon in 1999 I'm catching on. Y'all might not see it in 2000. You might not see it in 2005. In 2012, you might say I'm crazy. But in 2022, I'll be one of the biggest companies in the world. And this isn't about me telling you you're going to be big or blow up. But I'm talking about your value and your worth. And what you got to learn how to do is understand that there is a process to becoming great at anything. I don't care if you let me tell you something. I bought a, a PlayStation 5 recently, right? Just I really bought it. Um, for like when, if my nephews and nieces come over the house, cause I don't, I don't really have a kid friendly house. You know, I'm just being real. Like my, like our space is more like a like don't touch nothing. You don't break nothing. You look, don't break that. I don't really have no walls. You could put your hands on when kids come over my house. I'm like, Hey, Whoa, Whoa, hold on. What's that? What you doing, buddy? Hey, little buddy, put, put the voss down, put the voss down little buddy, because people, kids, listen, people. I know this is a super sidebar, but people bring their kids over your house, and I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute! You can't, you can't watch them like you watch them at your house. You, can- it's a whole different way you got to watch your kids at my house, right?" So anyway, I bought a PS5 recently, and I haven't played a video game in over, uh, I think the last time I had a PlayStation or something was ten or twelve years ago. So of course, I pay all this money for this PS5. I'm like, "Well, I need to play it sometimes." So I hit up my boy Meech. You know what I'm saying? And Meech came. And, and played the PS5 with me. Now, here's the thing. Meech is a video game player. You know what I'm saying? So he came over a couple times and played the PS5 with me. And um I'm going to be real with you. I think he was beating me by 75 points at one time. We was, playing, <laughs> we was playing NBA with a 2K. And I literally think this man was beating me by 175 points. Like The score was something like 20 to 100. He was kicking my tail, right? But the thing was, I had not actually played the game. I hadn't. I hadn't practiced, I hadn't touched a joystick in 10 years. Well, guess what? You know, over the last month or so, I've, you know, I haven't played, I don't, I haven't played a lot, but over the month, last month or so, I made it my business, let's go in here and increase your value, increase your skill set in this video game, and I'm planning to to invite Meech over in the next week, so I can go and test my value now. Like, okay, you beat me by 75 before, I actually think I can beat him now because I learned some things. What's my point with all of this? My point with this is that you have to understand that when you first start, you might be getting your butt kicked. You might be down. You might be like, man, dog, like, uh, it, it could be anything you wanted to do. You could be like, all right, I, I said that I wanted to, you know, create a, uh, a brand. I, I wanted to create a brand that, you know, uh, I wanted to be an inspirational speaker. Let's just say that I wanted to be an inspirational speaker. I go out to do my first couple gigs Nobody claps. The room is quiet. Like uh I, we was in church and I think somebody booed. You know what I'm saying? My point with all of that is you have to be willing to go through that experience with yourself. Because let me tell you something. I've been there. When you start something off, it's you and you. It's just you and you. Can't nobody else experience that stage with you. Now, we can get deep and we can say God and all that. I'm not trying to be deep right now. I'm just trying to talk to you real. When I remember... All right, again, I like to give real examples. I remember what, six years ago, maybe six, seven, well, seven years now because of COVID. It was about seven years ago um, when my father first came to me and he wanted me to preach every fourth Sunday in church. Like, I want you to be up every month, right? And I did this for five years straight. Actually, I think I only missed two Sundays for five years. And I was preaching every fourth Sunday. And I'm going to tell you something. I got all my messages. I remember the first couple. I remember one of the first messages I was preaching about Daniel. Um, and in the lions, the, and the thing was number one, cause I liked the Bible. I had way too much scripture. My tongue was kind of dry. Like I remember like, but like I had, I had to experience that for me. It, and it's like when you on stage and you in front of people and they looking like, and I'm like, wait a minute, bro, you, you sleep. And I just started, but, but I'm at the beginning. Excuse me, sir. I'm excuse me, sir. I'm at the beginning. Can you wake up, please? (laughs) Listen, but you got you have to experience that. Some people think they want to be an expert at the beginning. It ain't going to happen. Go through that experience with yourself. Increase your value. And over time. Right. Because now. All right. For five years, I, I got up in front of the church and I spoke for every single month. Now, on top of that, I was going other places and speaking. And then on top of that, I continued to grow in corporate America year after year. I've taken bigger and bigger jobs. And guess what I have to do at work? I've had to present uh, this week. Two days ago, I presented, well, it was a Zoom call, but it was, what, 200 and something people. I presented on Zoom calls with 400, 500 people. My point is at the end of the day, once you go out there and get dirty, you know what I'm saying, and go through those experiences for yourself, you learn things, you get comfortable, you figure yourself out. You gotta be willing to go through that, um, opportunity. Uh, you know what? I'm lying. Nobody, you're right. Oh, they didn't boo me. I don't know why I said that. I, I think, I think, uh, (laughs) I think I just lied. Um, no, no, they have slept on me. I don't care what you say, bro. They have definitely slept on me. Listen, Tanya, don't judge me, y'all. All All right. So look today, we want to talk about, I got a simple question for y'all, man. What is your legacy? Right now, y'all know how I do y'all. Y'all know we got to jump into, um, we got to jump into some, uh, some, what do you call these things? Some slides. We got to jump into some slides. What is your legacy? It is a very, very simple question, but when we dig into it, you're going to understand that it's more to it. All right. So for anybody who is, who is new to the program, um, I have a, a format, not a format. There's something I've created called the purpose guide, right? So a lot of things I talk about are really based on this five-step process to finding your purpose. So what it is, is learn, plan, do, become, be. Those are the five steps to finding your purpose that I have outlined. Learn, plan, do, become, be, right? And so a lot of things that I talk about fall within a certain part of that process. And so my point with that is today, we're going to be talking about what is your legacy and the, the things we're going to talk about today fall under do. So we're in the middle of this process when it comes to finding your purpose, finding your purpose. Oh, let me also say, if you want to learn more about the purpose guide, check out episode 118 of Inspire Guys People to Podcast. Listen, y'all, I got over 180 episodes of podcasts like this. I just started doing video about four to six weeks ago, four or five weeks, whatever it is. We've done four or five episodes on video. And look, we just at the beginning, we talk about, you know, figuring out. I'm still figuring out things, how I want this to go, like what I want it to feel like, look like, all those type of things. I haven't even done different angles and different. I got all kind of ideas, right? But you got to start somewhere. So I'm this. it's just me and me right now. If you hate this show, it's just me and me figuring myself out. But know this. I know that I bring value. I know that. I literally believe, let me let me look you in your eyes and tell you. I literally believe that this podcast is life-changing. I've seen it happen. I've seen people not have a business or be scared to have a business and jump out and take a leap of faith to have a business. We have testimonies. There are people all over the world, people in Sweden, people in Austria, all type of countries. I don't even know where these places are at and people emailing me and they like, "Yo, this is life-changing. I started a business. All these things." But these are people who've been rocking with me through the process. I'm going to tell you something. A lot of the content I bring, listen, I give you the short clips on YouTube, so check out YouTube if you want to know. But the content I bring is for the people who are serious, the people who are willing to go through the whole process. I don't really have to get rich quick. You know, watch this one video. You're going to get it type vibe. So we got 180 episodes on Apple Podcasts you can check out. And again, we just recently started YouTube. We're trying to grow that. You know, I think we up to like, what, in a few weeks, I got 180 subscribers. I'm taking it all. You know what I'm saying? Had a video that hit 500 last week. I'm like, let's go. Because I got a couple videos with four views as well. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You got to just be real with yourself. It's like, I'm like, well, who is this? My mom and my auntie, me and my wife watch this video. Come on now. But that's all part of the process. I embrace it all. I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. So, But I'm willing to go through the rough stuff like those rough phases to get to where I'm going by the grace of God, this podcast will be four years old in October, October 10th. And on the audio, we've been killing it. The audio is crazy. Like, man, we, we hit our goals and now we are trying to grow with this video. Why did I talk about all that? I have no idea. All right. First things first, let's look at what legacy actually is. You know me? Look, man, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm a person that loves to look at definitions of words and really just unpack them and figure out what it's all about. So you got to go on this journey with me. Stop being lazy, people. Legacy. All right. First, a gift by will, especially of money or other personal property. Now, I think we all understand legacy from this uh perspective of like somebody leaving money behind. That's what most of us want. Like, leave me the money. Leave me the money. Leave me that. Leave me the. Leave me. People love your money, bro. It's unfortunate in life. They love your money more than they love you sometimes. But that ain't y'all. Y'all don't feel that way. All right. Second definition is something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or form or or from the past. So something from the past. This could be, look, it says the legacy of ancient philosophers. The war left the legacy of pain and suffering. So one of the things I love about legacy, it is not just monetary things. Sometimes legacy ain't even just what you touch. Oh, my man, Derek Gregory, what up, dog? How you feeling, brother? Thank you for checking out the podcast. You know, I'm putting I'm applying pressure on the whole timeline on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you at. So I'm I'm happy y'all letting me know uh y'all in the spot. You know what I'm saying? Look, but I'm only applying pressure. Listen, oh, I'm applying pressure. Because I genuinely believe that this is life changing. I'm not joking. When I be making these posts like, look, your baby mama spending the 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 child support money on a Gucci bag because you don't listen to the podcast. You ain't getting this information that you can maybe go back and have a reasonable conversation with her. I didn't hit you with something on one of these episodes. We got listen. I'm not. Let me let me get back into this. All right, so the third one is a candidate for membership in an organization such as a school or fraternal order who is given special status because of a fam- uh, family relationship, a familial uh relationship to a member. So think about like um you feel me, Tanya? So like think about like it says um legacies, children of alumni. Uh children of alumni are three times more likely to be accepted to Harvard than other high school graduates with the same and sometimes better scores. I need you to hear this, people. Children of alumni are three times, have a three times better chance of getting accepted to Harvard than their peers or even people who are better than them or have better scores than them sometimes. Your legacy brings value. So the question today, and we about to unpack this thing in in a way that you ain't even expecting. The question today is, what is your legacy? I'm asking this question because you need to be thinking while you're living, while you're alive, what is my legacy? And I truly believe that there are people out there that are wasting their time in life, that are waking up and not taking life serious because they don't understand the value of a legacy. I don't understand no person on earth who has children and ain't thinking about legacy. Look, I don't even have kids, but legacy goes deeper than kids, right? Legacy sometimes is even honoring the people who came before you. My parents... um. Like, thank God for them. My grandparents, um, like my grandmother who passed. Let me tell you this. My grandmother passed in, in the year 2000 and I still think about her and remember her every day. Like, like it was yesterday. You get what I'm saying? And the reason is because I value my grandmother, my grandfather who passed, like people who came before me, who gave me something. Again, it ain't always property. It ain't always money. Sometimes a legacy is love. A legacy is definitely Christ. Those people in my um, you know, my parents who are still here, thank God, uh, introduced me to Christ, uh, raised me up to to fear the Lord and things like that, those are legacies. You need to be thinking today, what am I doing? What is my legacy? You don't listen, you don't wait till you till you about to go and you just 106 years old on your dying bed, you're like, I think I know what it is now. No, brother, you're 106 years old. The reason you need to be thinking about your legacy now is so that you work in it. Look, y'all, in this life, I'm telling you, man, I know a lot of us, you know, people could come from tough situations. I know so many people who we we from the hood, like we, but look, you got to stop glorifying where you came from. Some of us make the monster seem bigger than the savior. And at the end of the day, David slew Goliath. So, yeah, it was some people. Oh, the champion Philistine. Oh, he's so great, whatever. But it took somebody who did not see him as a threat in that manner to come and defeat him. Now, again, you got to respect your adversary. You got to understand what they're capable of. But you don't have to fear them. And what I'm telling you today is that some of us, we elevate and romanticize our struggle so much that the struggle, it becomes your legacy. You don't want to leave us a, a legacy of struggle to the people behind you. Like, dang, Jermaine, I get it. You you grew up rough, bro. You was broke, and you know you're from the hood or whatever it is. But dang, that's what you're leaving me too. Your legacy is something that you leave to improve the next generation or generations. And too many of us, if we being real, if we looking ourselves in the mirror, we're leaving a legacy of our struggles. Look, I'm sorry. Look, you know what I liked about Dr. Martin Luther King? Martin Luther King had a dream. He might have lived a nightmare, but he left the legacy of a dream. And some of us glorify struggle so much. Our legacy is a nightmare. Oh, we talk. Look, I'm gonna just be real with y'all. That look, uh people who you feel me, oh, like some people who I'm I'm gonna give you the example. I gotta be real, I gotta keep it a bean with y'all. You feel me? All right, so you know, grow up in the hood, you know, Detroit, east side. Like, you got some people who I like, Ooh, turn up, turn the page. The book is still being written. Get unstuck. I love that, bro. I love that. You got some people when I was growing up, I want to just, I want to make it real, real plain for y'all where, where I come from. You don't just automatically make it. You get what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to say like I made it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not flexing. What I'm saying though is. You don't automatically just make it out of where I came from. You feel what I'm saying? And some people didn't make it. Some people didn't live to make it. You have to be intentional. But here's something I knew at a young age: there were there were people when I was growing up who would blame their problems on other people. Now this is a tricky thing, and I'm a I'm a I'm a tread lightly here. I don't I don't think I want to go pat down this path for real. But as an example, there were people when I was growing up. That I saw that blamed everything on the white man, right? And I would look at them and I'm like, all right, I've experienced racism. I've experienced some unfortunate situations at times where people did me wrong. I've been passed up for opportunities and things like that. But I'm like, dang man, you letting, you letting their value of you become your value of you. You're letting their vision of you become a reality. And one thing I never understood is people who gave the power of the vision of their own lives to other people. I don't spend a lot of time talking about how other people think about me. It's not because I haven't been devalued or it's not because that sometimes um, I haven't been overlooked. It's because I refuse to give that more power than my future. You feel me, Oh. And and we don't automatically make it where we come from, bro. But by the grace of God, what I've noticed is the people that I'm looking at now, like my man, oh, I'm looking at people who from where I'm from, who some had greater struggles than I did, right? Because no, we all got our different levels of struggle in life. And I'm looking at people who are overcomers. I'm looking at people make it to places and positions that are amazing. And I'm saying to myself, I'm also looking at some people who waking up every day in the same spot, standing still, but they blaming everything on somebody else. Listen, somebody might actually be wrong. They might have actually did something wrong to you. But are you going to stop there? Are you going to stop there? All right, let's jump back into this. All right, I got a couple scriptures for you. Oh, I got a couple scriptures for you. Amen. Amen. All right, so I just want to jump into a couple of proverbs, and let me say this: the reason I like proverbs is like the the reason I like proverbs is because it's it's not it's wisdom. It's not a storyline. A lot of times, sometimes it's a few of them grouped together to to, to make a storyline point. But a lot of times, it's wisdom, and what the way I believe that you know I try to um, take in proverbs is um, I try to meditate on them. So when I when I find a, a really good proverb that speaks to me. I don't just read it one time. I go back to it. I go back to it again. I really think deeply about what it's saying. So my goal today isn't just to say something to you that just gets you excited in a moment. I'm going to share a couple of Proverbs. When we talk in legacy right now, as you're thinking about what your legacy is, these are things that I actually want you to go go read again for yourself and really think deeply about the point that's being made in these scriptures. All right. So Proverbs 13, 22. Uh this says a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. All right, that's the first part. And then the second part says, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Now, the first part said a good man leaveth an inheritance for his children's child. Like, whoa, wait a minute. So you getting so deep with legacy that you telling me right now I should be leaving. A legacy, not just for my the next generation, but I should be so deep into what God is calling me to do. I should be so deep and heavy in my purpose and maximizing every ounce of life that God has given me that the things that I'm doing today should start should one day benefit people who ain't even born yet. You know how powerful that is? You know how powerful it is that today you can do something to benefit someone who hasn't even been created yet. That is the power of legacy. I started this video talking about the difference of your why and your legacy. And again, your why is here now it's present. Your why it's hard for your why to be something that don't exist yet, but you can leave a legacy for something that ain't even here. You could leave a legacy for somebody who don't even realize the impact. I look at my little nephews, nieces, all they, they kids. They don't know. But they don't know what I'm out here doing. I could be doing something to benefit them. All church people say is the wealth of the wicked. You feel me. Do you feel me, Tanya? Like, we say the second part. Everybody say the second part. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. But we leave out the first part and see, oh, man, this is so deep, y'all. Because I, I want to get into your psychology. You got to ask yourself, why do we focus on the second part of that scripture while ignoring the first? And it's because the second part of that scripture makes it sound like you don't have to put in no effort. So people quote the second part because on the surface, the second part sounds like a handout. And the first part sounds like work. But the reality of it is, yo. A good man leave an inheritance for his children's children. That mean, you was already putting in work before the wealth of the uh, the wicked was laid up for you. So the wealth of the wicked ain't laid up for no lazy person. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the dude that's working, that's digging. You want to find a treasure, you got to dig for it. And we quote that second part because we lazy, yo. You feel me? We lazy. Lori, what up? What up? What up? And so my whole thing is, like, we got to take the whole Bible. Like, we be taking half of the Bible, fam. Let's jump back into it. Proverbs 13 and 4 says, Lazy people, oh, we just said it. We just, we just, we just said this. But this was fo. I didn't even put these in order. I just put them on here. Lazy people want much but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Lazy people. Th- these proverbs be heavy to me. All right, a lazy person. They want a lot, but they work a little. You want a lot, but you work a little. Work five hours, want to be paid for 10. But those who work hard will prosper. Hard work pays off, y'all. And we don't have time to be lazy as people of God. I'm telling you right now, we do not have time to be lazy. I don't care how young you are. You are the youngest you will ever be in your life right now. And no matter how young you are, you about to get older. You're older, you're older than you were 5 seconds ago. And so my point is you don't have time like all right, what I'm about to say I think is deep. I've said this before. You probably haven't heard me say it cuz you don't listen to all my podcast episodes. You know, that's your problem. That's your problem people. You know a lot of times we look at age and how young you are, or old you are based on your age. So, for instance, we would look at a 16 year old and we would say they're young. That's tough because none of us know how old we're going to be when we die. So. If a person because Pete, let's talk about let, let's use something in the past. There have been people that died at 16 years old, unfortunately. When that person was 15, they weren't young. They only had 16 years. So that person was old at 10. At 11, they was, they was like a 90 year old. So my whole thing is we walk around playing around with life, making people think they got forever. Oh, you young. You could figure it out when I was your age. Well, our age is different because you don't know how old you're going to be when you pass. You could be the same age as me and I could be young and you could be old or vice versa. So we walk around life. Treating things like, oh, give them time. They kids, they'll figure it out. Let them waste time. No, you don't have time to waste because you don't know how much time you have. In order to waste time, fam, in order to waste time, you would have to know how much time you have. Now, okay, if you are 96 years old watching this now, you're like, hey, maybe you got three years left. I don't know, but you already have lived 96 of them. You know, we do it backwards. I'm going to be real with you. We do this life thing backwards. Sometimes we tell young people to waste their time, right? I would do it the other way around. I would work as hard as I could while I'm as young as I am. This is, this is my strategy because if I'm a waste time, I'd rather do it when I'm older. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Because now I'm wasting time after I've already established something. Now I might be able to afford to waste time. But if you young, how you, how you wasting time? You don't have a legacy yet. You ain't built nothing. And that's some of our problem is like, yo, like you feel me? Like we ain't built nothing yet. You ain't did nothing yet, fam. I ain't did nothing yet. Like I don't got time to be, no, I don't got, I ain't wasting time yet. And and let me say this other thing and I'm going to jump back into the content. And this I know personally. We gotta stop. Oh man, this is tough. Look, I'm, y'all realize I'm a cool guy, right? I'm not here to, I'm not here to like, I ain't, I'm not trying to be shady and I ain't trying to say nothing bad about nobody for real, for real. I'm trying to be real. I'm trying to be real with you in a way that actually triggers you to change something. You feel me? Um, I, I ain't trying to be shady, but I got to be real with y'all. Some of us, we make a couple dollars. We get a little job promotion. Like you didn't went from cashier to team leader and you walk around like Rick Ross. Like you, you, you walk around like you just like, I don't know why I said Rick Ross. I think because Rick Ross funny to me. I never even listened to a Rick Ross song. Believe it or not, I've never heard a Rick Ross song in my life. But he's on the wings, what is it, Wingstop commercial? And it's just funny to me. He's like, we got thighs. It's like, why are we at a mansion eating chicken? It's stuff that happened in life that I legitimately don't understand. Like, why is this guy pulling chicken out of a Rolls Royce? Like, I literally don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know why that's relevant. But my point is some of us walk around like we didn't got one little job promotion. Oh. Like you didn't do one little thing and you walking around like Rick Ross in the wings, uh, stop commercial. And my whole thing is this, you got to learn how to change the goal. Okay. So I'm, I'm a, again, I try to use personal examples on my podcast. I don't post a lot of stuff, but when you listen to the podcast, we could talk a little more intimately. All right. For me, my goals five years ago changed. Now today they're different. You know why? Because. Cause when I hit the goals, I had to change it. So if I just, if you just say, Hey, I have a goal to, to, to um, make $5,000 or save $5,000. Well, what are you going to do when you do it? Like you don't make the 5,000 and then put all your money on Instagram and act like, uh, y'all saw the video to say, we ain't rich. We broke. I'm posting that. I'm posting that Gerard Brooks, my homeboy Gerard posted it and that video cracked me up. We ain't rich. We broke. You just got to see it. But my point is, some of us get a little bit of something. God ain't even gave you all your blessings yet and you stunting on people. Hey, bro, hold on, man. Calm down. We gotta learn how to carry success. We we gotta learn how to carry growth. We gotta learn how to act. You ever, when I was younger, my mom be like, act like you've been somewhere, okay? Don't get out here and embarrass me and act like you ain't never had nothing. Act like you had something before. And the reason you gotta do that is because if I'm still growing, like why well, I'm gonna lose my mind. Over a couple dollars. Why am I lose my mind over a car or one little thing? But some of us, we buy a fake Gucci belt and we walking around tucking in all our shirts. It's like you never tucked your shirt in before. Now, at, at the same time, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong if you tuck in your shirt and you got a Gucci belt, because I probably would tuck mine in too. But I'm going to wait till I can get a real one. Don't tuck in the shirt off the fake belt. And that's what some of us do. Some of us get fifty dollars and act like we are millionaire. Do you realize? I'm gonna tell y'all. I'm gonna just be real with y'all. I got I got to keep it hundred. When we were when 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 the stimulus checks were coming out, I'm just being honest, man. I was looking at my timeline like these people ain't never had nothing like y'all, and and I'm talking about people I, I know. So don't don't take this personal. But I I'm like, yo, bro, if you tripping over what was it, twelve hundred or twenty? Like you. Th- and don't, look, don't, I don't care. Look, let me tell you something. See, I'm from that. I'm from that. So all the politically correct people are, Oh, but you don't know, but they needed to, no, that ain't the people, the people who needed food wasn't posting like that. The people who needed, needed something for real. They wasn't posting stunting because they was hungry and they really needed it. I'm talking about people who were acting like they was paid because they got a PPP loan. Now nah, ain't nothing wrong with it. You did it. You got it. More power to you, but don't stun on me with a PPP. There we go. I'm going to always give you a bar. That's the thing. You got to understand. I, I rap without even trying to rap. I'm don't stunt on me with a PPP. It was people. And what am I talking about? The reason y'all got to understand what I'm saying. The reason I'm talking about this is because there are people who are stunting and they have not put in no real work. You feel what I'm saying? And I ain't saying that you should ever stunt, but I'm saying, don't do it with the PPP. Michelle, what up? There you go. You're going to get all your funding, cuzo. That's what's up. I'm going to talk my talk. for yo. for yo. You feel me? Mia, what up, though? i my cousins on here, man. Much love. My point is, y'all, we got to act like... Let me just give you this example. Let's say God was going to bless you to be a millionaire. Well, if you lose your mind when you get $50,000... I mean, completely lose your mind. Cause I'm going to be honest with you. Like, and that's the thing about the hood. Let, boy, let somebody, somebody come across some, some in the hood. I'm a, let me see. When do people start loot? I got to be real. I think the number is five to 10,000. Now it's going to, it's, you're going to have people that lose their mind at 2,000. You get what I'm saying? They're going to lose it. somebody from, somebody from the hood get their hands on five to 10,000. They pretty much, yeah, they pretty much diddy. Like they, they pretty much like, they going to spend that. Like, and I'm talking about the hood mentality. See, we could be from the hood and we could grow from that. But, but what I, what I'm really talking about is like, we got to learn how to carry that growth. Let's, let's jump back into this content. Proverbs thirteen eleven says, Oh, you got to find, you got to find this one for yourself. Wealth from get rich quick schemes quickly disappears. All right. What did you say that for? Wealth from get rich quick schemes quickly disappears. What did we just talk about? We talked about people who stunting with PPP loans. People get their hands on $5,000, hit a lick, lose their mind. What happens is what we don't understand is that ain't the wealth that's going to leave an inheritance for your children and your children's children. That's the money you spend spending on all the stuff you can't afford because for too long, the culture for us financially has been when you get money, you spend money, you get it, you spend it, you spend it, you get it, and it's a cycle in our lives. We never put nothing up. we nobody ever teaches us how to save. Nobody teaches us how to invest, how to be financially savvy. So we get five thousand dollars and we spend six thousand. now we owe somebody a thousand. I'm like, "dang, you just had five thousand dollars last month. how you broke this month and 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 but that is the culture I ain't taking I'm not throwing shots at nobody. I love all y'all, but that's the culture that we grow up in. And I got to say this, I got to say this. What up, Janila? I got to say this. This is why. Oh, man, I say I say stuff sometimes to me, the black culture that we celebrate sometimes ain't real black culture. You know, BET is not black culture to me. I'm just being real. You know, like. A lot of the hypocritical culture that we have is like you get some rapper that all they do is rap about killing people and then the moment that something happened and somebody get murdered, they the front line rallying talking about, you know, we gotta stop this. But it's like, well, maybe if you stop making songs about shooting people, like They pulled up playing your song when they shot him. You feel what I'm saying? Like all this hypocritical stuff we do, but a lot of that is because our culture is detaching itself away from Christ. And y'all got to understand. I remember when they took prayers out of school. Do you understand what I'm saying? The further we detach from Christ, black community, the further you start dibbling and dabbling and y'all smoking up the room with all type of fragrances and, you know, finding crystals and doing all this other stuff. The more you separate from Christ, the more you are further from him. you I, That's just simple. The Bible says, draw nigh to him and he'll draw nigh to you. You start sep- separating yourself from Christ. Now you're under, you're you are now outside of being covered. You're outside of his protection. And so we need God's protection in our lives. We need God's principles and his word in our lives. Do you feel me do you feel me all right so let's let's jump into this one uh we got one more scripture oh no we didn't read the the rest of the other one it says get rich queen uh wealth from get rich quick schemes quickly disappears wealth from hard work uh are y'all feeling me wealth from hard work grows over time so what you got to understand is that sometimes we want the quick money we want the quick uh situation. We want the quick, like, give it to me right now. I need that right now. I love y'all. Appreciate y'all in the comment section. But the thing is, that money gonna be gone. The reason that money is gonna go is because your money grew faster than your mind. Woo! I used to have a design when I had Bellweather Fashion. There was a design. It was the millionaire mindset. And please believe me w- would inspire guys' people. I'm ooh, should I even say. I'm building a curriculum around millionaire mindset. I'll just say that. So look forward to that one of these days. Maybe in 2023, I'll be done with that. But what I learned with the millionaire mindset was I stopped chasing a million dollars. I stopped chasing the money and I started chasing the mind of a millionaire because I understood that if I get the money quicker than my mind grew, my mind wouldn't know what to do with the money. And that's why we see people overreact when they have something like five or ten thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars, because they have created a reality where that's a lot of money in their mind. And if that's a lot of money to you, uh, look, a lot of money is different to different people. I'm not here to criticize what's a lot of money to you, especially based on need. But keep in mind, the context of this conversation isn't talk about food, clothing and shelter. Put those things aside for this. We're not judging people for food, clothing, and shelter. And we're criticizing them or critiquing them or anything. What we're talking about, we're talking about people who waste money. Meaning, you could take something like a Gucci belt. I, I don't own Gucci. You know what I'm saying? In my mind, I can't afford Gucci. But i look at something like a Gucci belt. And I'm like, okay, in order for me to spend $800 on a belt, like, there's a certain amount of money I have to have in order for me to spend a thousand dollars on a pair of shoes. Like I have to be very wealthy. Number one, those shoes are not a need that belt is not a need. And what happens is it's typically a status symbol, but the problem is a lot of us are broke trying to have wealthy status symbols, but not the wealth. And so what ends up happening, it would be like right now I can go on eBay and I can be on an NBA championship ring. I can buy an NBA championship ring that somebody's selling because they're on hard times. But if I buy that ring, y'all do realize I'm not a champion. I just bought the trophy. And what a lot of us like to do is we like to go buy the trophies of champions. We want Gucci. We want Range Rovers. We want Rolexes. We want all of these expensive trophies, but we're not champions, though. And see me, I would rather be a champion without a trophy than have a trophy and not be a champion. So I would rather have wealth and have no trophies or status symbols of wealth. Because, again, if my legacy is about leaving something behind or establishing something deeper, a Gucci belt right now is just messing with my wealth. I'm going to be real with you. And this is not financial advice at all, but I'm looking at the fact that Google just went through a 20 to one stock split. And I'm like, dang, if Google was one Oh five, I think they was one Oh five yesterday might be up to one Oh eight or something like that today. If If Google is one Oh five, you might be able to go get seven shares of Google before I go get a Gucci belt. And in five years, those seven shares of Google might be worth 40% more who knows or more 50% more now, instead of, I got a $1,050 versus five years from now, the Gucci belt is worth nothing. And that's the problem. Like we don't understand wealth. We don't even understand how wealth works. And I'm not criticizing us for not having not understanding, but I'm criticizing us for not putting in the work to learn. So my ultimate point is let's stop focusing on buying trophies and let's focus on being champions. You feel what I'm saying? All right, let's jump back into this. All right. Last scripture on here, Proverbs 13 and 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Now, here's the reason that I wanted to end that section. I got a couple more to go. A couple stories. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. You, You know what that means? This is why I love Proverbs. I love the Bible. The Bible doesn't try to frame something up as a lie. Hope deferred makes the heart sick means this. You've been working hard for something and you haven't seen the payoff. You've been putting in the work. You've been trusting God. You've been praying and you have not seen the fruit of your labor. That makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. What the scripture is saying, it's acknowledging the fact that yeah, you know what? The the time you are going to wait, that time that in the I call it the meantime, that period between Having your blessing and, and not, not seeing it like that, that period between like God promised you something, you've been praying for something, you've been working towards something, you've been trusting him for some, that period when it ain't there, that can make your heart sick. But the scripture is saying, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. That means that even though your heart is sick right now, this, the wisdom in the proverb is telling you keep going because when the dream is fulfilled, it will be a tree of life. So you might feel sick now. You might feel tired now. You might feel doubt now. You might feel stressed now. But if you just keep going, the thing that God is going to bless you with is going to be a tree of life. Maybe look during a time when you can't afford something. It, it's rough. The, I, trust me. I went. There was a time me and Tiff, we went a good two to three years. We didn't buy no clothes. We didn't buy no shoes. Y'all never knew it. Because I'm so sweet with it, I know how to take something cheap and make it look dope. So it's like, all right, y'all ain't paying attention. I knew how to wipe the shoes off. I wasn't going around looking busted just because I couldn't afford no new shoes. You got to learn how to make yourself look your best even when you ain't your best. The problem with some of us is we want people to feel sorry for us. So we walking around moping and groaning and we look like what we've been through. You look like what you've been through. The hallway. I like that, Michelle. You in the hallway, fam. And when you're in that moment, it feels like God. Like, but you said that hard work paid off. You said if I be diligent and trust you. And the thing is, that is what faith is. You cannot be a believer and not exercise faith. Some of us, what, we walk around, talking about we walk by faith and not by sight, but we ain't going to do nothing if we don't see it. That is that when you in the hallway and you can't see it, that's where faith comes in at. All right. So I want to kick it with y'all about something. We're talking about a legacy. So I want to give y'all two examples. I got two examples, uh, today about things that you're familiar with. Cause I was thinking, right? I was thinking about the power of a legacy is that it's so deep that sometimes you can leave things to people and they don't even know your name. You never get credit for it. And so in order to leave a legacy, You have to be an unselfish person. And that's tough sometimes. Trust me, I'm a person that like my credit. I sign my name on anything I do. Like that was me. It's like an artist. They put their name, their signature on it because it's theirs. But the reality of it is when you leave something that's so powerful, sometimes people love the they can love the thing and not even know your name. Right. So let's look at an example of that. I wanted to look at the piano. Chris, Christofori, the creator of the first piano. Now, I'm going to read this real quick. The piano was invented by Bartholomew Cristofori, My man was born at 1655 of Italy. Cristofori was unsatisfied by the lack of control that musicians had over the volume level of the harpist chord. All right, I got to say this first. Think about this. The piano derived from several different instruments, but at one point it was a harpist chord. And this guy, Christophori, was unsatisfied with the way that you can control the volume. I'm I'm, I'm taking a quick moment to tell you this right now. Sometimes you got to look at the thing that you unsatisfied about, and that might be your legacy. There's a gap. There's something in the world today that you don't like. There's something that's missing. There's something that frustrates you. And a lot of us spend so much time complaining about the problem that we never fix it. We never find a resolution. And sometimes your legacy is about finding the solution to a real problem that you have. All right, let's jump into it. So he was unsatisfied by the lack of control. The musicians had over the volume. He is credited for switching out the plucking mechanism with the hammer to create the modern piano in around the year 1700. So here's the first thing, the modern piano, as you know, today, was created by this guy Cristofori because he was unsatisfied with something, so he changed the mechanism, and it was in 1700, the year 1700. Now let me tell you something. I see people on my timeline every week. Y'all going to y'all going to concerts? Y'all posting all type of songs. Anita Baker come to town. Who? Charlie Wilson was here. All type of people come to town, and everybody going to all these concerts. And you know what's on all them stages? Uh, Kurt Franklin, Maverick City was here. Everybody went to that. It was a piano on every stage. Woo! Christafari is th- listen. His legacy running, running wild everywhere, and nobody even knows his name. Christafari had a problem in the year 1700, and y'all in the year 2022. to me, that's my favorite song right there. That my give Christafari his credit. What I'm telling you is. In the moment, it might not have even seemed that important or that significant, the, the, the solution that he had. And sometimes I'm, I'm just, I'm just sharing with y'all how I think. When I make music, like y'all know, I got over 75 songs. Check out J-Will music. If you haven't listened to it, I'm on Amazon music, Spotify, Apple music. Just type in J-Will music, J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. You know what I'm saying? Do I, do I got a little, do I got an advertisement for J-Will music? I don't. I need to, I need to create a little banner for J-Will music. Um, but I got over 75 songs. Here's the thing that I understand when I make music, I'm gonna give y'all a little secret about my music. I don't make music for today. I make music that is intentionally created to be discovered by people later who need it in their time and need like, so I make my music. Now I'm not saying I don't want you to enjoy it today, but I don't make music for you. I literally make music for people to discover it one day a hundred years from now. Cause I believe that there are some things that I'm saying in my music today that will make that might not make sense to the generation that I'm living in because everybody just want to have fun and play with it. But I believe that the music I create will make a lot of sense to somebody who's living in some crazy times. I believe the music that I make when somebody really living in these times that the Bible is talking about and, and really like, really, really like need something from God, I believe that my music will meet them in the place that they are. So I literally create music and try to ignore every trend, everything people doing today. And I make music based on a message that is to inspire God's people and literally help get someone through a tough time. That's how I make music. I make music the way that Chris, when I look at something like Christofari and creating a piano in the year seventeen hundred. You got to be bigger than you got to understand that your purpose and your legacy is bigger than you. Some people are making music just to be a star today. They making music to be famous today. So people can know their name and like them. That's cool. Do what you do. I don't make music for that. And so what I'm saying is that when you dig deep into a legacy, it is about doing something that will outlive you doing something that is greater than you'll ever see, ever see, excuse me, <clears throat> Now let me tell you this, before I get into my last story. The artist Van Gogh, y'all know I got a I got a podcast about Van Gogh where I talk about this. Van Gogh only sold one painting during his lifetime. He lived a really he was a troubled individual, to be honest. He wasn't this great guy that everybody loved during his lifetime. But I asked myself, why is it that in the year 2022, it was a hundred years after he died was when his first painting went for, excuse me, was it like 30, 40 million, 50 million, something like that. And I asked myself, how is it that while this guy was alive, he struggled to sell one painting for around $1,500 at the time, or at least what it was valued at in today's money. Maybe not with inflation, but how is it that a person that struggled to sell one painting during his lifetime, dies in a hundred years go by and is one of the greatest painters known to man. If you want to get your hand on an original Van Gogh and you listen, you're going to need more than Gucci Bell money to get a Van Gogh. <laughs> you're going to need a bunch of Gucci Bells, bro. You need 50, 60 million, 90 million for the best ones. What am I saying? Sometimes we get caught up in being frustrated about the fact that people don't like us today. They don't like my music. They not booking me. They not doing this. And sometimes it's like, bro, you ain't even going to be big until 100 years after you die. Now, you got to ask yourself a very deep question. How do you feel about Van Gogh's legacy? Now, I'm not saying that I wouldn't have rather to at least enjoy some of that while I was alive. So I'm not saying that's how it should be, but I'm saying that sometimes it gets even bigger or better because the people who are living in the time that you're living, they sometimes just can't see what God sees. They can't see where it's going. You, you too early in your, in your process for them to even understand who God created you to be and what god is going to birth from you so you got to be unselfish you got to be focused on the purpose and the legacy and understand that sometimes even if it's good while you alive it's going to be greater when you're gone all right so the the instrument the piano was actually first named the clavin's clav whoa clavicembalo called piano e forte literally a harpist chord that can play soft and loud noises this was shortened to the now common name, Piano. All right, so here's the last story I got for you. I got one more story, and we're going to get out of here tonight. Everybody knows this song. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. The song Happy Birthday. I randomly thought to myself, who wrote that song? We're talking about songs. we talking about music. It's like... Everybody knows happy birthday. Everybody sings it, but nobody gives the writer credit. Could you imagine your favorite song right now? Whatever your favorite song is. And you didn't know the artist. So imagine like, you know, you couldn't even go to their concert. Cause you like, I don't know who wrote this song. I'm going to tell you all about, it was two women who wrote the happy birthday song. I want to give you a little background on happy birthday. Cause we're talking about legacy. Okay. Now, if you look at this little shack, this is the Kentucky cabin where the Heel sisters, they are said to have written happy birthday. You see that little raggedy cabin right here is where the song happy birthday. to you that's where it was written at. Now, I want you to think about something. Out of that little old crusty shack came what is like. The number one song ever written. I don't, I don't know if there's a song that could be considered bigger than happy birthday. What's my point? Sometimes we get caught up. Remember I said I'm from the hood and some people get caught up in complaining about where they're from or how hard their situation is. The reason I don't get so caught up in where I'm from, I don't allow people to devalue me because of my skin color or because of, I'm from Detroit or I'm from the East side. I didn't graduate from Harvard or whatever it is, I don't, maybe my title or whatever ain't, ain't, ain't good enough for you or something. Oh yeah. We're going to talk about the trademarking. Yes. We're going to talk about this. It's a lot to say there. I got you, but God can build something great from any beginning. Do not despise small beginnings. Some of us looking, we're getting so discouraged at our starting point that we'll never actually get to where God wants us to go because we can't get past our starting point. I don't care how hard it is for you. I, I care. I don't mean that literally. But what I'm saying is it doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter, you know, what you don't like about yourself. It doesn't matter what your insecurities are. God created you and God can create greatness from you. If it's his will and you just follow his path for you. So when you look at this little busted Kentucky cabin, just know that the number one song ever written in the world was birthed right here. That's not a mansion. That's not a 10 bedroom, 17 bathroom Beverly Hills mansion. That's not necessarily in a great neighborhood. You get what I'm saying? You don't have to be from the best to create the best. God can build something great from any beginning. All right. So here's a little bit. This is a Mildred and Patty Hill, Mildred and Patty Hill. According to the sisters, they penned the happy birthday melody in the 1890s for Patty's kindergarten students. At first it was called good morning to all and sung each morning in class. When a student's birthday arrived, the class would replace the good morning to all lyrics with happy birthday to you. All right. So Mildred and Patty Hill, there you have it. Two ladies wrote this song. And what happened was I, I dug into the history history a little more. I kind of scaled it down for the slot. With Gucci. <laughs> I love that. But. What happened with the Mildred, the um, the Hill sisters was this: one of them was a teacher, and when she came to the classroom at the time, the kids would sing songs in school. We even sang songs in school when I was growing up. They sang songs in school, but she didn't like the songs because they weren't easy for the kids to remember. And uh, one of the sisters had a background in music. She actually, and I—that's one of the lines I uh, point out, she actually studied the Negro music at the time. So she was really infatuated with like Negro spirituals and black music in particular. And, um, there was some, was it Negro street music? It was something they called it, but she was really like, like intrigued by it, um, by the music that black people made, um, and, and slave music, if you will. And so what she actually, as much as she was intrigued by it, she also kind of insulted it because you got to understand living in the 1800s, of course they're going to look at black people as less than we were slaves then. So she made a statement. Um, I read an article, she made a statement where she was like, basically the Negro people are so simple that she wanted to copy the black music style because she thought that the kids would be able to easily remember um, These lyrics now here's the crazy thing About it as far as the simplicity Clearly she was right Because it's one of the more memorable songs ever Even though it came by way of an insult And it's a weird thing that happens in life Somebody is like you could be flattered and insulted At the same time Alright so the song was happy birthday It was called good morning to all at first So actually they were saying good morning to all Good morning to all but it was the same melody Then they would sing it on different holidays On Christmas whatever but this song "Happy Birthday" was birth, right? So let me go back to the slides, and I'm gonna say a couple things. Um, I said Mildred specialized in Negro spirituals. Oh, in 1892, she actually wrote this ar- article called "Negro Negro Music," but she wrote it under the name uh, Johann Tansor because she was a woman, and I guess she didn't want them to know she was a woman. Um, in this article, she claimed that oh, she made this claim that the existing body of black music. Would be the basis of a distinctive American music style for the next century is what she said. So think about that. This lady has studied black music, Negro music. She was infatuated by it. It actually felt like uh, I, cause I read some of the articles and she actually felt like people were overlooking like, yo, this music is crazy. Like this is crazy. And this is going to be the distinctive music style in American music for the next century. When you look at that, right and you look at the fact that black music has grown, I mean, clearly this lady saw, she was recognizing a stock, um, yeah she was wild, she was wild as ever um, she was recognizing a stock, though, early on, that that was going to be something, so it's weird, although she might have devalued during the time she was in the humanity of black people, she saw value um she saw value, and look Oh, I feel that. Now, let me tell you what's crazy. If you look up the history of this song, the thing that's crazy is they had copywritten it once it got popular, but it was a certain end date on it. I don't know if the end date was 1931 is the number that come to mind. I was reading this stuff like a week ago um, when I was um, putting this together. like, But it was like 1931 or something like that. And then their copyright expired. And, and then I think Warner Brothers owned it up until like a couple of years ago. So what was crazy is that the song still generates millions of dollars, excuse me, today. So like anytime that song is sung in a movie or anything, people were having to play pay Warner Brothers because they had somehow gotten a hold of the trademark and there was this whole battle. But my point, even with that, like Michelle asked where they trademark. my point with that is protect your legacy. Right. You got to protect your legacy. So they didn't completely protect their legacy. And I think now the song, I don't know if it's like considered community. I, I forgot how it is, where it is today. But um, there are there are lawsuits and other things connected to this song. Even you have like restaurants that this made sense to me. When you go to a restaurant, you know how the restaurants, when they sing happy birthday, they don't sing happy birthday. They sing their version of a birthday song. Part of the reason that they do that is because the song was trademarked. And if you sing the song in public, then you would have to pay Warner Brothers at the time. I think there was a lawsuit a couple of years ago and that might have changed. Um, so I'm not 100 percent sure. Again, I was reading this a, a week ago, studying this. But it's so deep, man, when you think about protecting your legacy and you think about the fact that they had something that was way bigger than them. Think about Happy Birthday. Like Happy Birthday is just crazy. And it says the song was first published in 1893 and it was in a, a, a stories for kindergarten. Think about that. I'm gonna wrap it up like this. Y'all it doesn't matter where you started. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter, you know, your level of education or the, you know, whether you're an immigrant or you are born in America or wh- whatever it is. Right. You need to be thinking about what's my legacy. And what I want to challenge you on today is stop limiting yourself because here's what we do. We value things based on how we've been told to value them. So there's a certain look, there's a certain way that people talk. There's a certain neighborhood that people are from. Um, and we think that they have more value. But what I'm telling you is that when I, when I study history and I look at where some of the greatest inventions and creative creations in the world came from, very seldom did it come from like some person who had it all together. To be honest, most amazing things were started by someone who was at the complete bottom. It was started by someone who had everything to gain and everything to lose or nothing to lose because they didn't have anything. And a lot of times we need to channel that, that feeling of like, yo, yo, when you don't have it all together and you don't have it all figured out, sometimes you are in the most right position where God can use you to create something amazing. So I want to just tell you today, don't limit yourself and don't allow other people to devalue. I'm telling you it's something that I'm very intentional about, like, because people will try to devalue. They do it in subtle ways, but you have to be the security guard of your value. You got to be the bouncer of your value. You got to be like the TSA security guard metal detector for your value. If somebody tries to walk in this building and and they don't value you, you have to establish a standard for value. But the key is you have to believe it in order to receive it. So it's like some of us can't receive value because we don't actually believe that we're valuable. And a lot of that is because we believe what they said on TV. We believe what the news is saying. Y'all got to understand something about the news. Um, I'll talk about national media like CNN and those type of places. These places are the most hypocritical like ever because they are selling headlines and clickbait. The way that they make money is when people click and watch their posts. So they have to say things to get that reaction. Now that doesn't mean that they're not healthy and good media outlets out there because they, there are, but what I'm saying is you have to be careful who you're allowing to, to establish the standard for what you believe about yourself, because ultimately, Ooh, that's stop putting little in front of your creed. Look, my look, listen, bruh, I feel that. I feel that a hundred percent, man, because when you do that, you're devaluing it. Ooh, I got to say this and I'm out. Some of us think we're being humble when we're devaluing, devaluing what God gave us and created us to do. Don't devalue your purpose. That's why I tell, I literally tell people, I literally believe y'all think I'm playing. I literally believe if you listen to this podcast, it will change your life. I believe that it's changed my life. I've interviewed people talking to y'all. It's iron sharpens iron. So I believe that this podcast is a place where iron sharpens iron. We are so focused on purpose and so intentional about purpose that I almost think it's impossible to be attentive and actually engaged in this show and your life, not change. I genuinely believe that bridge Detroit, check out Orlando at bridge Detroit, man. Much love for real, for real. Hey, ain't not, if y'all know me, ain't nothing wrong with a shameless plug. Because, again, you got to create value. Some of us are so scared to value ourselves because we, we think we're being humble. Woo. It'll change. Your, listen, man. I love it, man. Look, all the people on here, Orlando, Tanya, Lori, Michelle, Katrina. Was so many people um commenting. I appreciate every comment. Appreciate y'all checking it out. If this show brings value to you, I just ask that you share it with somebody. And subscribe on YouTube. Check out Inspire Guys, people on YouTube. I'm gonna share a link. They on my page all the time. We do daily, um, daily inspiration where I do short clips and things like that for you to check out. We're trying to grow the YouTube channel. Um, the audio you can look, this is it's kind of now confusing to explain to people. If you want to go into the archives and go back to episode one, up until they the audio um episodes still come out. Like this will be on audio if you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts. But starting like five episodes ago, now we have the video and we have the daily inspiration content on YouTube as well. So again, I'm trying to deliver the content to you, however is most convenient for you. If you want videos, if you want a minute or five minute clips every day, or you want to sit and listen to two hours in one uh, setting, then we have that for you. I appreciate everybody who's engaged in Inspire Guys, People, Family. Just know that we are still at our beginning. We are growing. There's so much more that we're going to do, but this is a valuable platform I genuinely believe in the content that I'm producing and giving you and providing you will change your life. And a lot of that is I'm just being real with you. I don't talk about stuff. I don't know about the stuff that I'm, that I'm presenting are things that have, that I have fruit from that have changed my life or that are in the midst of changing my life. And we're continue to grow and continue to develop and get better and better because it takes that I'm human as well. I have ups, I have downs and I'm trying to keep growing. Look, y'all have an amazing night tonight, man. I thank y'all so much um, Thanks Michelle Appreciate you Tanya for subscribing um, Orlando man y'all have an amazing night God bless y'all Love y'all And uh, you know we here to stay baby Inspire guys people man Know your value and figure out what your legacy is What is your legacy is a question you should answer Be inspired I, your legacy yet. I can see beyond the tears you cry And the pain you feel I saw every hill you had to climb Just to make it here When you say you ain't afraid Safe to say you lied. You can be real with me when you blame the haters. God made you. God made you. are the reason you ain't made it. You're the reason you ain't made it. Take your focus off the fame. Uh, 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 uh. See the purpose that he gave you. Create to lift his name. Jesus. That's how we go from down and out to made new. I can see the newer you, the safe, so. It's deeper than the dollars and the pesos. The devil is still on attack, you gotta be quicker than that. Store the treasure in heaven, you can't be richer than that. I mean, how you gonna be richer than that? Stop saying what you gonna do till you do.